This is the Beer of the Day podcast. From Beer of the Day, World Headquarters in Elk Grove, California. This is the Beer of the Day podcast. Tonight we're headed down south, and we have four beers to try from the southern part of these United States. We have a Kolsch from Texas. We have a Stout from Alabama. We've got our Strange Brew, a Thai Wheat from Atlanta, and the 20th anniversary beer from St. Arnold Brewing in Houston, Texas. I'm Dallas Helliker. Joining me tonight, Andy Hamilton, Britton Miner, Joel Miner, and on Skype from Pasadena, Jeff Miller. Hey, guys. Hello. Greetings. Hey. Seems like a while since we've been together all as a group. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, it was just last week, huh? Yeah. Oh, we did the Sour Show. That's right. It's good Um, to have Andy here twice. Twice in a row. That's awesome. Back to back. Crazy. Unheard of. How did it happen? Um, Magic. And what, Jeff? And how do we have no beers from Florida for a Southern show? I guess it's hard to get out in California. No funky Buddha, nothing. I I was looking in the fridge for it, but I couldn't find one. We're we're plumb out of... uh, Florida beers. Dang, we, just we, got a cigar, cigar we got a Cigar City, City Porter sitting in our fridge. Sorry. Didn't get Sorry. the memo to bring that over. I know. All right. Well, what we have to start with is an interesting one. Um, BJ's restaurant is all over California. Every town, every suburb of every city in California has a BJ's um, brewery. Uh, rest, it's like a... It's a brew pub restaurant type of thing if you don't have it in your state. Um, their beers are pretty good, and they brew them at different parts of the country, I believe. And this blonde, BJ's Blonde, is brewed in Texas. So I remember having this a while back, and I remember it being a really good blonde ale. I mean, you've got to like blonde-style ales, and this thing is going to be a treat for us because we've had so many sour IPAs and pale ales and hoppy uh, northeast style ales uh, and hazy IPAs. I think this is going to be a good treat for us. Now, Kolsch is a uh, German lager style of beer. Um, There are some American breweries that do it well. I think that those are probably pretty few and far between. I think it's it's a tough style to get perfect. So it's going to be interesting to try this one. You know, I've had it at the at the um, BJ's restaurant, and you know, I, I haven't ever really analyzed it. I just drink it. Oh, it's a it's a blonde, you know. Um, but we can really dig into it here. So I, I believe Kolsch's are like fermented at a really low temperature, so they don't usually generate very much alcohol. Um, there's not a lot of sugar in them, um, and the reason they're hard to do well is because there's nowhere to hide any off-putting flavors. It's a pretty simple pretty simple beer um so if you have anything bad in it you're going to taste it so color of this i mean it's a very clear um light golden yellow. light straw golden straw color yeah light though um, it's not like traditional golden it's a it's a shade um shade lighter 
shade lighter, so, shade watered down. What surprises me is there is no head on my beer. I poured it into a glass. I drink a lot of Kolsch beers. It's sort of my go-to when it comes to a light beer style. Um, I don't drink a lot of lagers, but this is if I'm going to have one, this is it. And I've never seen a Kolsch with basically no zero. head on it. Yeah, there's zero. The aroma, I mean, there's a slight sweetness to it. You know, on lagers, you try and go for like the corn type of aroma, but it's hard to even get that out of this beer. It's like just very light grain malt, um, a little hint of sweetness, but a very reserved aroma. I mean, the great thing about these are is they're super sessionable. You can drink this all day um, with no problem. I mean, it's lighter than a, a Bud Light or anything like that. Well, it's 4.7%. Um, it is light. I just had a first sip, and it, it, it's okay. It's not the best Kolsch I've had. Um, you guys are the experts at going to – you guys go to BJ's a lot or used to in the past. I haven't had this very much, but it's okay. I mean, it's got a little bit of fruitiness, a little bit of uh, – you know, these are made with Pilsner malt, and I like that. A little bit of yeast. It's it's very light sort of flavor, but pretty balanced. I agree. I like it. Um, I mean, I don't drink too many Kolsch's, but um, I think this is enjoyable. It's crisp. It's clean. It's balanced. It's kind of malty. Not super malty, but um, there's a little bit of malt there with some sweetness. I could drink this all day in the pool easily. I don't know. I think a while back I started to get really sensitive to anything that tasted like corn syrup when I think (laughs) Andy started pointing it out like some beers have like a corn syrup or like a really heavy corn flavor to them. And I think this is a, a decent beer. I wish it had a lot more carbonation in it. Um, I think it would kind of hide some of that syrupy corn taste to it. Sometimes it's more on the sweet side. Yep. You know, like when you have a call shoot, you think like, okay, you can compare it to German Kolsch from Cologne. Uh, like, um, and then there's the Americanized version of it, which is a beer that people that don't drink beer can drink. And it's lighter, low flavor, a little sweetness, um, not much of a bitter aftertaste, very mild vanilla. Like, yeah, it's like, uh, like a butter bread or something. Yeah. Right. So, I always describe these as a flavorful Bud Light. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's it's smoother than Bud Light. Yeah, it's uh more balanced. It's Bud Light is sweet, but this is a different kind of sweetness where it's like um maybe a little bit sugary, but it's still there's a dryness in the aftertaste, so it doesn't linger on in the aftertaste. Um, but I do get that impression like this is a beer that was designed for people that go into BJ's to eat, and you're in BJ's brewery, so you have to order a beer. And you order this one. They also have the light switch, which is like the other light beer, light beer. So, I I mean, I think the reason I, and this is not, I think this is just okay. It's not my favorite Kolsch, but I would drink this over a Bud Light any day. And I think the difference is because it has this, a little bit creamier, thicker mouthfeel. And that's what makes the style better than a, a normal lager to me. And and this has that. It's just a little sweet. It's a little light on the carbonation and it's 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 okay. 
I would have it with food. I think it would be go go well with food or if I'm out mowing the lawn. One of those two. Agreed. Word. And now let's get into the beer news of the day. So a couple of news stories that I saw recently. I won't go um, too in-depth. I think last week we spent a little too much time on the news. Um, But a couple of breweries that we have been to, Jeff and I, Smutty Nose Brewing Company, which bills itself as New Hampshire's top craft brewery, is seeking an immediate buyer. The company is scheduled to be sold at bank auction March 9th. Founded in 1994, the company employs 68 people and generates more than $10 million in revenue a year, it says. The sale includes Smutty Nose's brand, its gold lead gold certified uh, facility on the historic Towel Farm in Hampton, the Hayseed Restaurant located next to the brewery on its 13-acre campus. The brewery is capable of producing 75,000 barrels a year, according to the company. However, in the last year, it's been running at 50% capacity. Um Beautiful property, um, very, uh, you know, I, I don't think everything in New Hampshire is kind of in the middle of nowhere, uh, but it was a really cool um, layout set up, uh, kind of a farmhouse type of feel. The little hayseed restaurant we went into had some brew, some beers there, and uh, it was a good place. You know, what I did not like about it, and maybe... Maybe it's a New Hampshire law because there's all these funky laws in different states. But when we went there, they had two different buildings. And one was the restaurant, which Haystack, I guess it's called. You had to go there to do the tasting. And then we went across the street to the brewery where you could like buy beer to go and whatnot. But you could not actually taste beer in the brewery where they were making it. I thought that was a little weird, but it could be a New Hampshire law. Um, but I didn't really care for that setup. Yeah, I mean, I've had some good beers from Smutty Nose. Um, the name has always been a little weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the brewery itself is, was was cool. Um, there's not that many breweries in New Hampshire, so I think that it could definitely thrive under the right management. Um, so we'll see what happens with the auction. So guess who bought it and guess <laughs> for how much? Oh, no. Don't tell me. It's not what you think. All right, who bought it? A bank for $8.25 million. Ooh. They are going to continue operations as normal, and the bank will just find new investors. Are they going to put a branch in there? <laughs> <laughs> that just seems cheap. I mean, $8, eight million, I mean, right? Uh, obviously, you can start a brewery for $100,000, but this is a pretty big brewery. I mean, they have a very large footprint. Um, eight million seems pretty cheap to me, especially if they're generating ten million a year at fifty percent capacity. Correct. Ten million dollars in revenue, though, not in profit. Right. <laughs> Paying sixty-eight employees, they're losing money, obviously. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the bank, Provident Bank, I guess, it was one of their primary lenders to begin with. Bought it, and now they're they're just going to continue for, on and for seek new investors. On the dollar, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Right, that's interesting. Um, yeah, breaking news right here on Beer of the Day podcast. Um, Founders in Michigan has surpassed Bell's as Michigan's largest brewery. I found that interesting. Um, 
obviously we, we have founders out here in California, so they are growing and you, you see them everywhere. So, um, that's not surprising to me, although Bell's Two Hearted Ale mm-hmm. has always been a, a old school IPA, but a, a staple. But that's the only Bell's beer I know. I can I can name like a bunch of founders, and maybe it's just a distribution thing here in California. Yeah. But I I feel like I've seen a lot more founders beer than I've seen Bell's beer. Yeah, and I think that's the reason for the for that happening. Yeah. Um, Three Floyd's. Uh, Jeff and I went went to Three Floyd's in Munster, Indiana, and uh, they are expanding their building's footprint by two and a half times. They're Good. adding one hundred and thirty thousand square feet to the existing. Um, footprint and it was already a pretty good sized brewery but the um the tasting room and the restaurant stuff were pretty small so um i i think they could definitely benefit from the extra space and uh, i think they're in no danger of not being able to afford it or anything they are are pretty uh up and coming and and big time brewery for the south of chicago area and then the other interesting story, there's always lawsuit stories that we go through on Beer of the Day and in the craft beer world. Stone Brewing is suing Miller Coors over Keystone Light. Now, if you look at the can for Keystone Light, on one side it says key, and then there's a big stone underneath of it that takes up the entire width of the can, and then it says light below that. The font of the stone is very similar to Stone's mm. font. And I was going to play the video, but you can look at it online. I'll put a link on the podcast page. Um, but uh, the f- founder of Stone, um, Greg Cook, was holding up the can, and I'll play the his comments on it. Stone, we've always prided ourselves of going our own way being who we are and true to ourselves. We've developed into a unique entity that I am enormously proud of. And I feel so privileged to be a part of the larger craft brewing industry. So this heritage that we have spent so many years to build, well, it's being threatened. <laughs> it's been threatened right out in the open. Perhaps they feel they have no other choice. Big beer has been flat or declining and they've gone out into the craft beer world and made acquisitions. They found people who are willing to sell out, unlike us. They know they can't buy stone, but they can obfuscate. They can co-op our brand and our good name, or at least they can try. We believe that Miller Coors is intentionally and deliberately trying to create confusion in the marketplace with their Keystone brand, and that is why we're suing them. You can see it in their cans. You can see it in their packaging. You can see it in their marketing. They are being surprisingly bold with this. This is really disconcerting to hold this. It says stone light. Two words that you would never see together in association with our company. They've been incredibly bold with their approach of just, um, with their marketing, uh, grab life by the stones, stone this and stones that, and sometimes they'll put a little apostrophe in front of stones, but the bottom line is, as you can see very clearly, they are trying to just 
line this up and, and, and push the word stone. Hey, in the world of beer, the name stone is ours. Put this down for right now, I hope you don't mind. I'll uh, chill it back down and enjoy that puppy later. <laughs> <laughs> so, does he not sound like Mr. Rogers? <laughs> oh my God! I was I was gonna say that I was waiting this whole time to say that I was like I feel like I just heard Mr. Rogers like try to threaten suing Miller Coors. Yes. Just, let's let's just put that puppy down right now. <laughs> so I saw the can and it. I mean I get what he's saying. Like you, if you look at the words where it only says Stone Light, you would have no way of knowing it's a Keystone, right? Uh, but if think, you use your fingers, but to I think cover it's interesting how he says, "Oh, they're trying to confuse the marketplace." When he says, "Anybody that knows our brand knows that we would never make this." They're like, so are they confused, or do they know what you make? Like, it's interesting. Um, we'll see how it goes. What do you think? You think who do you think walks away with this? Uh, it's settled out of court. Yeah, I think they settle. I, I mean, I think it's. I don't know if it was intentional, but I think they got a legitimate case and. It'll probably just be a cease and desist type of thing, and it goes away. Yeah, it's pretty blatant to me when I look at the at the can, especially if you look at it. You know, if you turn the can, you can see the key, but if you're looking at it at a certain angle, it says Stone Light, and the font of Stone looks very much like Stone's font. So, I I think they have a legitimate complaint. Um, yeah. I, I will tell you, I was confused by Stone when they came out with their like light beer a couple of years ago. I don't think they called it a light beer, but they came out with like a Pilsner, which I never thought I would see Stone make. And that confused me because I just never expected it. Yeah. Yeah, somebody online made the point that if some company came out with Rose Bud Light, they wouldn't stand for that. Right. So, so we'll see what happens. Pretty interesting. All right. Let's get into the second beer of the night. This is a stout called Stout at the Devil. It's an oatmeal stout from straight to ale, Huntsville, Alabama. Now, I don't know if we've ever had a beer from Alabama on this show. <laughs> I know if we have, there's been very few of them. Sorry, I'm chuckling because every time I hear that, I just think of Forrest Gump. Well, you could go back to Greenbow, Alabama. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I know for a fact we've never had an Alabama beer on here. All right, so Stout at the Devil. Straight to Ale is the name of the brewery. Pretty dark brown with a, a thick uh, khaki-colored creamy khaki. foamy head. Good description, Jeff. I see what they're doing here with the name it smells like a milk stout to me i think this is an oatmeal stout but it smells milky i agree i think it smells like a, a delicious milk chocolate of some sort yeah but like you know, oatmeal it i can smell the oats you know it's it smells kind of oaty i smell like vanilla and cream it's so good i uh, you don't like it no i freaking love it it's an awesome beer i it's is really oh wow good. it's amazing oh it's so good so one thing that's i noticed immediately is the lighter mouthfeel um the percentage on this is 7.7 no slouch of an abv but you take a sip and it's it's very drinkable but it's bursting with flavor 
Um, you get the the dark roasted malts as a base, and then um, you get a little bit of uh, caramel, um, molasses type of flavors. Yeah, it's like a, a a vanilla chocolate cream pudding pie, like all buttery. It's good. A little bit I of coffee in it. A lot of coffee. I get this is like when you walk into a coffee house and you smell the roasted flavors of the coffee roasting. I mean, I get a lot of coffee on this. I get more on the aroma, not so much on the on the taste. Uh, I, I taste a lot more of like a creamy vanilla. I get some dark chocolate bitterness though too. I like, like you know eighty six percent or so. The, the bitterness, <laughs> kick hail, the, kick, kick the bitterness just touches you though. It is not. It is not a lingering flavor at all. I uh, I agree with Andy. I don't. I don't. I get more coffee on the aroma than I do the flavor. Um, but you know, at risk of sounding like a broken record, it's so milky and chocolatey. There is like an oatmeal tinge to it. I think the carbonation is really good. It's a little bit higher than I would expect for a stout, maybe. Um, like the, I feel like the carbonation is pretty lively, but I don't think that detracts from the beer. I think that it's still excellent. And yeah. probably one of my... Actually, like I drink stouts all the time, um, so they start to run together for me a little bit. They all start tasting the same. This one's fantastic. And the lighter mouthfeel and the abbreviated aftertaste, where this is not a heavy beer, and it it's not doesn't linger on your palate um a lot of stouts get too heavy you yeah. can drink only one of them right this is very drinkable for a beer this dark where it's you could tasty. drink several of these and have no problem doing it tasty stuff I, i'm a- really happy with this it's it's delicious fantastic beer for our first beer from alabama i i like this yeah i agree i do as well All right, we're halfway through. When we come back, we have our Strange Brew, a Thai wheat, and the 20th anniversary beer from St. Arnold. Plus comments from the listeners. When we come back, this is the Beer of the Day podcast. All right, if you like this program for whatever reason, maybe a mental condition of some kind, or um, maybe you're a long-haul trucker and have nothing else to listen to, doesn't matter. If you like us and want to help us out, shop on Amazon through our website. Click the banner, do your shopping. We're going to get 4 to 6% back. Um, that ends up being a little bit of chunk of change each month, and it helps us pay for all these beers. So we appreciate that. Also, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, search for Beer of the Day. Click the five-star. Write a little review. Uh, we'll even read the review on this podcast, so that'll be a, a way to leave a comment for us in the comment section, which we will get to in the next half um, by shopping on Amazon and by rating and reviewing our podcast. We move up the ranks. Uh, those are the two ways to help us out. Thanks for listening. Strange brew. Almost. Welcome back to the show. Our Strange Brew segment, if you're new here, is where we find the strangest beer that fits the theme. In this case, a strange beer from Atlanta, Georgia. From Second Second Self Beer Company, this is the Thai Wheat. 
5.1%. This pours really light. This is a really light beer. That aroma, though, like I haven't even poured mine, and right when I open the can, it's just like pure ginger aroma. Very gingery. Yeah. I don't think Dal's going to like this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes the, the ginger can be overwhelming in a beer. And I, just by one sniff, I kind of get that impression. But I'll keep an open mind. I've never had heartburn, but I feel like this is one that would create heartburn. Very little to no head again. I mean, the head was there, but it dissipates really quickly. And those bubbles are tiny, and there's a ton of them, but they are really, really tiny. Yep. If you shake the glass, they do start building up. It smells but like ginger. Nothing I, else. I get a steady stream of like bubbles coming off the bottom of the glass. I like that. And not like pickled ginger or not like ginger ale. It smells like powdered ginger. Oof. So for every sushi owner yeah this is the best sushi beer ever right yeah if you own a restaurant that's like a sushi bar or something and uh you want a beer you should just stop selling every beer you should go buy this beer did you guys already drink it yeah Yeah, it took us a bit it it reminded me when we go get sushi get the large asahi please and (laughs) i was like oh this would be way better than that in that situation so surprisingly the ginger is there, but it's not overwhelmingly spicy. Three, three, the aroma is, is very strong, but on the taste, it's not. You're getting you're kind of a Japanese lager type of beer yeah. with uh, a little bit of that ginger um, spiciness to it. Yeah, it, give me any. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. It, it builds a little bit like the ginger after a few sips, um, but it, it's not a spicy ginger. It is a ginger flavor. Yeah. Give me I, any Chinese food. Give me any Japanese food and give me any raw fish. Thai. Yeah, well, even Thai. I mean, but it tastes a lot like Thai food. So it's kind of like it. this beer would just blow your socks off and add so much to the actual meal. So the thing that I appreciate about this beer is kind of the same thing that I appreciate about when they give you the pickled ginger um, at a sushi restaurant is it kind of has a, a palate cleansing effect this beer does. It ends super crisply, and then I don't, I don't taste anything. There's like nothing there after that. It's very like crisp and clean and palate cleansing. Well, when you're eating sushi, that's the point of the ginger, right? To like cleanse your palate. So this beer is doing the same exact thing. Pretty much, yeah. Jeff's face the entire time we're talking, he's just like, <laughs> I just disagree with all of these little shitheads. No, I agree. So I agree that it's a it's a palate cleanser. Um, I, I get a little bit of the lemongrass, a little bit of the wheat, but I think the ginger just overwhelms pretty much like everything else in this beer. And I, it's okay. I, I enjoy this beer. It's not something I'm going to have on a daily basis for sure. Um, it's a strange brew, no doubt. Um, but I enjoy it. But it is, I think it is so dominant in the ginger flavor that that's just the one thing I can, I can't get that out of my mind. I actually agree 100%. I've completely changed my tune after having most of my glass. Like, I I thought those first few sips, oh, this would be great with sushi. And maybe it still would be, but, like, just drinking it as a beer, it's it's overpowering. Like, I, it just gets too too much. I, I do agree with what Brennan said, though. Like, it sort of mellows out in the end. In, in the finish, it's a little bit less ginger after you have a few sips, but... It's so strong right up front that it just, it's hard to taste anything else. 
Yeah, I think I am different than you guys. This is such a strange brew that I I really want to share this beer. Like I want other people to experience this. It's the same way I felt about the horchata beer that we had from the, the brewery. The, the horchata brewery. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's the same way I felt about that beer. Um, it's so unique and so over the top and exciting because it's so strange that I want to share it. I mean, strange brews are a little damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Mm-hmm. If this beer had been not much ginger, we would have been like, yeah, well, you know, it's just a regular beer. It's not that strange. They say it's ginger. You know, where's the ginger, right? Now they give us some ginger and we're like, oh, it's too much ginger. You know, so it's it's really hard to get that medium balance of enough or too much or not enough. And I think they I've had ginger beers that are more overpowering than this. So I think that this is enough to know it's there. Obviously, it's there. Um, but... If you're going to do a ginger beer, you might as well have it taste like this. I think uh, they did a pretty good job. Now, the ginger is overpowering, so like the the other flavors of the beer are a little bit more reserved, hard to pick out. Um, but overall, I think they accomplished what they're trying to do with this one. What's what's in a Moscow, Moscow mule? Ginger beer. Ginger. And mm-hmm. what else? Vodka. And, and lime. And lime. So I've had some ginger beers in that scenario and they're not nearly as good as this this is a lot cleaner it does remind me of a moscow mule though i think you're right yeah those are more like soda i was gonna say those are more like mixer they're not actual beer are they much more carbonated yeah the ginger beer in them is not alcoholic well it's not beer it's not it's not actually a beer like it doesn't have any hops it doesn't have any malt yeah right And, and I want to clarify my stance on this. When I say it's overwhelming, I, I actually do enjoy this beer. I just want listeners to know what they're getting into. You, you're you going to get in like an onslaught of ginger, and I like it. You just have to know and expect that. Yeah, you're going to get your Sean White of ginger. Hottest ginger around. Incoming transmission. You've got mail. Comments this week. J.R. Rowley from Boynton Beach, Florida. Hey, in the South. He commented on Boatswain American IPA from Rhinelander Brewing Company in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. I think it's a fine IPA. My tastes are for less grapefruit. It's very good. Now, I have not had that brewery, uh, a beer from that brewery. Uh, I'm not sure how he in Florida was able to get it. Um, So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. That is um, the Trader Joe's Oh, beer! I don't. I don't know. They must have rights to it. But it's if you have a Trader Joe's near you, you can probably get Boatswain. Yes. AJ Wyckoff commented on Pseudo Sioux Galaxy Dry Hopped from Toppling Goliath, Decorah, Iowa. I live four blocks from TG Tasting Room. Pseudo Sioux is my go-to TG brew. Can't go wrong with Galaxy. Get the beers brewed in Decorah, not from the Brew Hub Florida beers. Definitely a difference. That was my Super Super Bowl beer I had on the Super Bowl. Yep, so did we. Um, the I think all of Top Lane Glass beers are soon going to be brewed from their massive new facility, that their new brewery that they're making. So hopefully that won't be a thing anymore. It's open, by the way. Grand opening was a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. We got to call up Clark and go back to visit. Yeah, definitely. That would be awesome to go check out. Mitty from London, United Kingdom, commented on Hooky Gold from Hook Norton Brewing Brewery Company LTD in Banbury, United Kingdom. I would like to say we tried Hooky Gold Ale a few weeks before and over the Christmas break at White Horse Pub in Netley Marsh. Great pub. Great pub. We had the pub. It was a lovely, refreshing, and smooth beer. I really enjoyed the taste. Well done. I recommend it to anyone. It's great to get comments from across the pond. Um, obviously, that's not a beer we can get here, but uh, you know we're always traveling and looking for beer cations, and uh, you know it's a whole different world of beer in the UK, but uh, definitely some good ones. Alfredo Andre, a international lawyer residing in San Diego, commented on Pollen Nation Honey Blonde Ale from Evans Brewing Company in Anaheim. I am not a beer drinker. I'm more of a wine drinker. But from time to time, I enjoy beer. Yesterday at the Old Crow House in Huntington Beach, I felt like having a beer with the barbecue food. And the waitress, after listening to my beer taste profile, MGD, Double 2X, Dos Equis, and Modelo Especial, recommended me your pollen nation it's the best beer i ever had congratulations i am happy to say now that i have found a beer other than the three mass-produced ones mentioned that appeal to my palate that is always good when people finally click to them right they have that first beer they're like oh it's not an mgd or a bud light and they kind of get that there's a lot more to craft beer a lot more to beer than the mass-produced ones and, I've had uh, that pollination honey blonde ale. That's re- it is really good. Yeah. So thanks, Alfredo, for uh, posting the comment. We're glad that you found a craft beer that you like. If you have any comments, send them to us. Feedback at beeroftheday.com, or you can post them anywhere on the website. On every page, there's a comment section, and you can post your comments right there. All right. Let's get into the final beer of the evening. We have... The 20th anniversary beer, 2014, bottled in 2016. This is from St. Arnold Brewing Company, Houston, Texas. 11.2%. Oh, boy. Damn. I just want to go back to uh, Midi from London, United Kingdom. I feel like well done is such a British thing to say. Well I done. love it. Well done. And I, Before we drink this beer... I'm a little confused, and I don't know if we know the answer. All all I know is this is the 20th anniversary beer. I believe that was in 2014, and then it's aged for two years, but it, it's really not clear. I don't, Or they made it in 2014 to be ready, ready in 2016. Yeah. I don't know. All I know is Did that... Did they have it in barrels, maybe, until they bottled it in 2016? Well, that when could you, be. When you brew it and when you bottle it are two different things, obviously. So you can, I think when you call your anniversary ale, it's when you started selling it. So my guess is their anniversary was 2016 and they started, they, they probably bottled it in 2014 and let it age two years in the bottle so that it was ready for the anniversary. All I know is that this goes to 11. (laughs) (laughs) So St. Arnold's the oldest craft brewery in Texas. Yep, we've They've had been, some of their beers before. Been doing it for Always a while. Always been impressed. So they started in 1994. 
which makes 2014 mm-hmm. or 20. Damn. Damn. My theory's wrong. Yeah. Anyway, this one pours kind of a. Did we talk about this yet? No. Coppery color, I would say. Dark, Cop- dark, dark copper. copper. Little tiny bubbles of head. Like a 1972. Uh, <laughs> it looks like a penny that's as old as me. What style of beer is this? Do we know? Well, 11.2% and smelling like this, I'd say. It's an Belgian? anniversary ale. I would like put it in the wine? barley wine category. Oh. Just based on the aroma. And I don't know if we said, but I like English the style off. barley wine ale. It's really hard to read that, too. God, it's like I'm an expert in beer or something. I know, right? It's like it's written on this page. You, you start know? a podcast. It's like I've been doing 87 of these podcasts. Dang. I like the head on this. I haven't had a sip yet, but the head is really creamy and thick. What uh, head? I have. If you swirl it around Shake in the glass, I have one it. finger of. Yeah, I got it too. Nice, you have a whole like, finger. Yeah, a perfect head. <laughs> I have none. Wow. Uh. So this life. beer, surprisingly little kick for eleven point two percent on barley wines. Generally, you'll get um, a, a strong alcohol flavor, and on this one, I'm not. I don't. I think it's. It's pretty uh, reserved on the alcohol kick for me. Joel, you think it's alcoholic? Yeah, I do. I also think it's like caramel taffy. Um, mm-hmm. Agreed on that. Like saltwater taffy. I, it's it's just so sweet. I mean, it's not bad at all. There's no bad flavor in it whatsoever. The malt are the malt is very clean. It's just too sweet for me. I can appreciate this beer, but it's it's a little bit watery to me. Uh, for for what it is, I expected to be more substantial. I agree with everything. Every like Joel nailed it with the saltwater taffy. Holy crap! Because it's very sweet, but there's also like a little bit of of saltiness there and a little bit of like creaminess um, to it too. But I also agree with Andy. Like the flavor just isn't very concentrated. No, but it's an English barley wine, and I think that there's a difference there. Um, English beers, you, you talk about, uh, you know, I was thinking about English beers when we had the, the comment from Mitty in, in London. You know, over there, beers are more malty. Um, there is a, maybe think about like steam beer, like yeah. Anchor Steam. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of an English character to the beer where you have this, uh, it's kind of a different type of flavor. And that when you say English, that kind of rings true with this one. It's not, um, it's not like your American barley wines that are really heavy. Um, this is a little lighter. I'm not getting the 11.2 too much, but there is definitely the sweetness that Joel mentioned, the caramel sweetness that does mask the alcohol. Uh, and then there's enough bitterness here to balance the sweetness, I think, pretty well. I, this is a tough beer for me to describe. I actually like it. I, I really like appreciate the flavors. I think it's complex. I would describe this as like a sort of boozy ESB, an English yeah, special I, bitter. I can see that. Mm-hmm. And there is a ton of sweetness for sure. And it's much sweeter. I think it's caramel and honey. But I just I just think of like a overly sweet and barrel-aged ESB is what leads to this flavor. I like it. This is 
this is not bad. I, I I agree with Andy that the mouthfeel and the body's a little bit lighter, but sometimes you want like a barley wine that is not super thick and viscous. I agree with that, but it's just not. There's nothing about it redeeming to me, and I'm not saying that it's bad anyway. I could drink it if I really wanted to, but if I'm gonna use up whatever sobriety I want to maintain, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it on that beer. Like it's 11. percent It's I would rather not. I'd rather have one of these other beers. Yeah, that's so. True. Let's. But what also, about, go ahead, Jeff. Like for an anniversary beer, we've said this before. Like, you know, is this the style that you would do if you owned a brewery for your anniversary beer? Twentieth anniversary is a big deal. Is this what what it should be? No, I mean that's what people do. But if I have a brewery, I'm going to make my twentieth anniversary beer be whatever style I think is our best agreed um that being said i'm not a big barley wine fan i go to a bar i see a barley wine i never order it um i got a bunch of beers in the fridge if i'm going out there to have a beer i'm not picking a barley wine out they're too heavy too alcoholic and it's just not my not my style man but uh this one i think is pretty drinkable like uh i I wouldn't mind having this beer if someone handed it to me so I don't think uh, it's a bad effort on St. Arnold's part. It's <laughs> <laughs> St. Arnold was brewing it. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> Isn't he the patron saint of beers or something? Oh, Jesus. I don't know, man. All right, let's recap the beers we've had tonight. We'll figure out what our favorite beer of the day, of the day is. So we started with BJ's Kolsch out of Temple, Texas. Then we went to Stout at the Devil Oatmeal Stout from Straight Ale, our first Alabama beer, by the way. Then we had the Thai Wheat Strange Brew from Second Self Beer Company. And we finished off the night with the 20th anniversary beer from St. Arnold Brewing Company. We'll spin the wheel and see who will go first tonight. I have a feeling it's going to be me. Oh. No way. Wow. Oh, wow. my gosh. I had a premonition. Should buy a lotto ticket. So, um, <laughs> I think that uh, it's a pretty easy easy choice for me. Um, I'm going to pick Stout at the Devil, Oatmeal Stout. Um, really great flavor in that beer. A lot of different competing flavors, and every single one of them was good. Um, also, a light mouthfeel, very drinkable for the style. So... Enjoyed that one a lot. Uh, can't wait to have more beer from Straight to Ale. Go straight to Ale. <laughs> so I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be a little bit different here, and I really enjoyed the Stout at the Devil, and I think everybody else is going to pick that because it was a phenomenal beer. But I'm going to go with the last one, the St. Arnold Brewing uh, 20th Anniversary Beer, really because barley wines are sometimes hard for me to drink it's not a style that i gravitate towards uh i thought this was super drinkable lighter body than most it it is sweet and a little sweeter than i like but i i enjoyed this this is a beer that i could sit down watch you know a couple episodes of some tv show or movie and really just sip on this beer and enjoy every bit of it beaky blinders it it wasn't perfect by any means um 
but I I enjoyed that, so I was happy with that. That's my beer of the day. Um, I'm gonna go with Stout of the Devil, the Oatmeal Stout. That's one of my I don't I that's one of my favorite beers of all time of that style. That might be my favorite Oatmeal Stout I've ever had. So I'll go with that one. For me, it's actually a close um, close call between Stout at the Devil and Thai Wheat. I know that you guys thought the ginger was a little bit overwhelming, but I actually really liked that beer. I thought it was different from you know most other beers that I've had. Um, but I am also going to go with Stout at the Devil for my beer of the day. I drink a lot of stouts. Um, and like I said before, they kind of all start to taste the same. And this one was just a cut above the rest. So Stout at the Devil is my pick. It was also difficult for me to choose between Stout of the Devil and Thai Wheat, but God, that Stout of the Devil was so damn good. It tasted like a creamy latte with chocolate whipped cream on top of it, and I just I can't stop thinking about it. I'm just trying to find a way to get some more of it. It was quite good. Well, here's some. <laughs> And thank you for tuning in. And remember to check out our website, beeroftheday.com. If you're on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash thebeeroftheday. We're on Instagram, at site, And we're on Twitter, at beeroftheday. Any comments, leave them on the website or send them to us at feedback at beerthedaycom We will see you in a couple of weeks with our next episode. We're not quite sure what we have lined up, but uh, it's going to be at least as entertaining as this show, if not more. We'll see you next time. For Andy Hamilton, Britton Miner, Joel Miner, and Jeff Miller, I'm Dallas Helliker. This has been the Beer of the Day podcast.